Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hello, welcome back to Money in the Air. This is the IFAR podcast that talks about neighboring rights, and we are the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Today, please, can we talk about the elderly, older generation performers, legacy performers, retired performers, or deceased performers? and what to do if they've never registered for neighboring rights royalties. I'm encountering this a lot now, where I have a lot of artists who have been recording for the better part of 50 years and have never claimed for neighboring rights. And so what they've heard the term, they don't know what it is. I educate them on what it is. We have a nice little chat and they go, wow, why didn't anyone tell me? Obviously there's no answer to that. And then they say, okay, can I do that now? And I say, yes, you can. How far back can it go when we register them for the first time ever? Here in the US, it's three years at Sound Exchange. It will adjust backwards three years. But that's a great point because historically, there was no performance royalties for sound recordings. And there was a switch in the 90s, as we all know, which includes digital performance here in the United States for sound recordings. Three years is, is where they can go back. And it's a shame that message hasn't reached a lot of the elderly. Mm, And three years is not a lot. Three years is not a lot. However, the labels might keep their money a little bit longer than that. It's all up to their discretion. But three years at the societies is pretty much the baseline. So what you mean by that is that the labels have received the performer share if the performer hasn't been registered? What I mean by that is the labels will be receiving the label share of digital performance or neighboring rights internationally. And what we're talking about the three-year window is for the performer share, i.e. 50% of whatever is collected from services like Pandora, SiriusXM, that share specifically is held for three years, but the labels also receive the other 50%, which might go back even further. How about the rest of the world, Tanya? The average is six years, updating six years, because this can cause a lot of confusion with prospective performers and even rights holders. It's for airplay six years ago, so October 2015 onwards. Whether the track was made in 85 or 99 or 2010, if that had airplay from October 2015 till today, there's royalties there. So that's worth clarifying. But some territories go further. Yeah, Canada do 10 to 15 years. Germany, small like seven, eight years. Is, but on average in, in Europe, it's six years, which is, is, is pretty good. Yeah, but the moral of the story is that it's lost. A lot of it is lost. If you have a 50-year career and you've never claimed, you've lost probably 40, 45 years of income. It's heartbreaking. It the other problem that we've been encountering is that some of the labels have never registered And these performers don't even know what an ISRC is, let alone know what the ISRC number is. And having to track that down is a real chore. I mean, obviously necessary, but you know, you have small labels, especially labels in Jamaica, labels in other small countries, Spain and France, 
where there's the rights holders haven't registered. What do you tell them then? It is heartbreaking to deliver that news. So if they're like, hey, I played on this track in 1977, it was released by this obscure Romanian label or Jamaican label, and it's not there, then whether there's airplay or not, there's going to be no royalties due to that performer. If the label still exists, or it was bought out by another label or merged, etc., if they can track down someone there, then they can preempt and like encourage the label or rights holder to register the track. And then you can, again, on the performer side, back to up to six years on average in Europe. On the rights holder side, backdating is limited to one year in the UK and for most of Europe, but that's the rights holder side. I tell them if the label no longer exists and it hasn't been acquired by anybody to um, put it out digitally now and register it as the rights holder themselves. Do you see a problem with that? No, not at all. That's that's really good advice. Yeah, thanks, Stacey. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> and if okay. the label wants to come back at some given when in time and wants to dispute it, they can always go through that process. But it's at zero risk to you because the account will just go unrecouped if there is a dispute. It's not like they're going to chase after you for that money back. Disputes happen all the time at every CMO. You shouldn't feel petrified about it. It's just, yes, you can remaster it, release it digitally. You own that master. If there is a hoo-ha in the future, there will be the dispute process. And that's when you show your evidence and they get resolved clean and it's it's not a scary process. I'm constantly mentioning about Sound Exchange, which is very unique and props to them, is that they have this broadcast feature, which means that income is always matched to a performer, a featured performer, regardless if the label has gone through the registration process. If Pandora reports income to Sound Exchange, then so as long as there's a featured artist name there, then they will match it via their broadcast category and it doesn't necessarily need to be directly registered. There could be money sitting at Sound Exchange even if the label has never registered the recording with Sound Exchange. So that's the message for anybody who's never registered for a neighboring rights. Contact a rep right away, get it done, or go straight to your CMO, whether it's Sound Exchange in the States, SOCAN in Canada, PPL in the UK, GBL in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. There's a list on the IFR website, but get it registered today. It's never too late to collect, no matter how old you are and whether you're active still or not as a musician. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, go to www.ifar.co.uk and join today.